You're listening to The Bridge, a podcast on stories of courage, resilience, and innovation with me, Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Welcome to The Bridge, a presidential podcast about resiliency. I'm Dr. Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College, and we have a really special guest on today's episode. Our guest is the Honorable Patrick J. Murphy. At age 19, Patrick joined the Army, launching a lifelong commitment to our nation's military and veterans. Patrick has served as a soldier, America's first Iraq War veteran elected to Congress, speaker, author, television personality, and the 32nd Under Secretary of the Army. Today, Patrick continues to advocate and empower veterans through his work in the public and private sectors. As a veteranpreneur, he spearheads a wide range of business interests and offers veterans the opportunity to launch their own dreams by investing in their companies. As a public speaker and media executive, Patrick helps amplify the voices and experiences of veterans on MSNBC, CBS, the Discovery Network, and elsewhere. Patrick currently lives in Pennsylvania with his two children, Maggie and Jack. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to The Bridge, a podcast about resiliency. I am so very excited about today's guest. Please join me in welcoming the Honorable Patrick J. Murphy. Patrick, welcome to the show. It's great to be on with you. Thanks so much for having me. Excited you're here. I've been watching some of your interviews, um, clips from your show, Taking the Hill on MSNBC. I'm so honored that you're choosing to spend an hour with us this morning at Central Penn. You've accomplished so much in your life already, and I want to pick your brain about how you got to where you are, being a father, um, trying to balance the craziness of life. So we're thrilled that you're here. Well, thanks so much. It's great to be on with you, and, and I've been very blessed in my life, and uh, I, I give a lot of credit to the Central Pennsylvania values that I was born and raised with, and that um, you know I grew up, I worked in a Hershey factory before joining the Army, and uh, went to law school at Wine University, uh, Commonwealth School of Law right there in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So, you know, working at the Hershey Park, at the Hershey Factory, at the Hotel Hershey, all those jobs uh, gave me a good foundation uh, to do great things in the Army and, and, and go and follow my dream of political public service and, and now in the private sector. That's amazing. So you are a Pennsylvania boy born and raised here. Um, we're going to get into how you got started and what you were like in high school. But before we do, for our listeners, you're hearing this podcast in February or later. We're actually recording on January 7th. So it's one day after the events that took place in Washington, D.C. And I have to ask you, as someone who has served our country in the military, someone who served in Congress, what was your reaction watching those events unfold? I, it, it was absolutely heartbreaking uh, and a sad indictment on so many folks who put, unfortunately, politics and a belief in a certain political character over our country. I spent years of my life teaching constitutional law at West Point. It's a constitution that is a blueprint of our great nation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're it's about plurality. It's about things that we're going to disagree, and, and but we all have to come together right. as states, uh, as individuals. Uh, as one nation. Uh, and there's, of course, always going to be different points of view. There's going to be arguments. Uh, but for for those folks who went down, uh, and it's not the, the tens of thousands that went down, uh, you right. know, the, the rally or the protest, that's different than the insurrection, than those who, uh, that 
crashed the barricades that uh, pushed away the Capitol Police officers uh, and went in and some holding Confederate flags ransacked our U.S. Capitol that broke windows, that stormed mm. the hill, that unfortunately led to a woman being killed, shot and killed, that climbed up and took down the American flag flying on the U.S. Capitol and put a political candidate's flag up there. Mm. That is absolutely disgraceful. It is wrong. It is illegal. And I'm glad that both Democrats and Republicans, the majority of them, are coming together to really let their voices be heard to say that is wrong. Enough is enough. Yeah. Thank you for that. It would have been strange to not acknowledge that because I know it's on the minds of everybody. It was a sense of disbelief here at the college yesterday, too. So we, we appreciate your your remarks. I, I, you know, I was in combat in places like Baghdad, Iraq, where I lost 19 men. Um, they were paratroopers in an elite 82nd Airborne Division. And I couldn't help but think I, I got text messages from four-star generals, some on active duty, some just out, and their blood was boiling. And they said, Patrick, our brothers that never made it home are rolling in their graves right now about we fought for democracy uh, in foreign lands, a place like Baghdad where they could vote and where they could you know, follow things like the rule of law and here in our home country, mm. uh, it, it was more than just chipped away yesterday. It, it was one of the darkest days in American history. So I, I think this, your listeners, those out there that go to Central Penn, you know, we all love our country. We love our country. It's a great country. We're not perfect. In fact, our mm. preamble of our constitution says, in order to form a more perfect union, we, we get it. That's, that's a daily challenge that we have to make this country better for our kids, you know, I think about my daughter, Maggie Murphy, and my son, Jack, uh, who are still in grade school. But the reality of it is this, we have to find ways to unite. We have to find ways to come together and put our country first. Agreed. So Patrick, you mentioned wanting to serve and like fulfilling your, your lifelong dream of serving. Is that something you knew in high school? What kind of student were you in high school? Well, I, you know, I went to Catholic high school and, and I, I was a hard worker my whole life. You know, my dad um, is a Navy veteran. He always had two or three jobs for, for the last 20 years of his career. He was an investigator uh, for the Pennsylvania Insurance Department in Harrisburg. And, uh, but, you know, he did that full time, but then he had two side jobs. He worked as a security guard in Harrisburg and a security guard at the, um, at the Hershey Lodge Convention Center. So, uh, my mom, again, full-time worker, hard. She was a hard worker as well, but we always believed in community service and, and public service. And so my brother went on to serve in the Air Force, did mm. two deployments overseas. My sister's been spent decades of her life now as a, as a grade school, public school teacher. Uh, for me, you know, I was, uh, I hustled in that I, I had jobs. In fact, my senior year, I had four jobs besides being a full-time, wow. you know, obviously a high school student, but, and playing, and playing hockey. But uh, I, I worked hard. I didn't work smart and that I didn't study enough. I didn't, sure. uh, frankly, I didn't do as well as I should have. And I didn't utilize my God given talents. Um, and uh, I learned from that. Uh, I went, I applied to one school, which was King's college of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. I was going to, go play hockey there because I was a pretty good hockey player in high school. 
Uh, and that college rejected me, um, oh. which was a wake up call. My brother was there as the captain of the team. I was going to go play hockey with my older brother. And to make a long story short, I, I used that as a wake up call and, and went to community college. Did really well. I had to pay for it myself and, and got the dean's list for the first time in my life academically. And then I transferred to Kings and then joined the Army when I was there doing Army ROTC program, which is, you know, how to become an officer. You have to spend three to four years to become a military officer, become a lieutenant. So uh, the Army and the ethic that I was raised in taught me a lot uh, about being a leader, about um, being a servant leader, about mm. having a servant's heart and serving those. And I was lucky enough to uh, to go to Kings to graduate. Um, I double majored. I did well academically at, at Kings uh, and then was in the army and was lucky enough that the army also opened up so many more doors for me as well, including the ability to go to law school uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania at Widener. So I was about to say, you sound like you came from a family of servant leaders. Those were certainly your parents' values and same with you and your siblings. So it it sounded like you knew you wanted to join the army. That was something that you wanted to do anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't, I, it wasn't like I grew up saying, you know, I grew up saying I want to be a police officer like my okay. dad, uh, cause he's a police officer and then investigator for the state. But, you know, I never said I want to be an army officer, but you know, I had two uncles that served uh, in Vietnam. Uh, one was a paratrooper with the 82nd airborne division. And then, you know, when I made that decision to join the army at age 19, it, I, I just was, so excited to learn more about it. And then, you know, even then I said, you know, my goal was I want to be an 82nd Airborne paratrooper with the 82nd Airborne Division. So now it didn't happen right away. It took me a long time to, sure. to get the 82nd and, uh, and it took some winding roads, but was able to go to airborne school where you jump out of airplanes and then go to air assault school where you jump, repel out of helicopters and do all this incredible training and, and really hone my skills, my abilities and was lucky enough to, to go do that. But, um, I, once I made that decision at age 19, it felt so natural and felt the right thing to do. But, you know, public service or service comes in many different forms, whether it's in the military or police officers or firefighters yeah. or teachers or community servants that, you know, my mom would go and we'd have to do neighborhood stuff, you know, and Christmas time, we would go give presents to, to those poor kids that didn't have, weren't able to have presents and, and things of that nature. Do you do the same types of things with your children? Like, are they, are they learning the same values you did when you were their age? Uh, I try my best to, yes, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Maggie, who's in eighth grade, uh, and her brother, Jack, who's in fifth, uh, we do a lot of projects. We do a lot of things that are even quiet uh, that we don't get recognition for. Or they don't. Yeah. But they also um, have been taught that that God gave them some talents that they're supposed to harness and utilize. And so very proud that my daughter is the, the vice president of our student body at her grade school wow. and, and, and cares and she plays basketball and does dance and uh and jacks also plays basketball but he's a little hockey player he's you know we're often in Palmyra at the click lewis arena and the hershey playing against the hershey bears or york devils uh so we're playing a lot of hockey uh, but we have a lot of fun uh doing it that's fun our kids are the same age by the way my i have a jake but he's in seventh grade and my little guy luke is in fifth grade so How about that? I feel your love and your pain of having children <laughs> those ages. Um, I do want to talk about your time and your service in Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, it, you, were you deployed right after 9-11 or you decided that you wanted to go right after 9-11? Is that what motivated you? 
Well, you know, I was actually on active duty on 9-11. Okay. And, and I was, I felt so blessed because I was actually a captain at this point in the army. This is in 2001. Um, and for a kid who started out of community college and, yeah. and worked at the Hershey factory, at the Reese factory, making Kit Kats and wow. buttercups, you know, to go uh, become an army officer. And then I was blessed enough to go teach at West Point. So I'm a captain teaching constitutional law at West Point. Uh, and, and so Patrick, how old were you at this point? I was 27 at this point. So, so I you're young. got my, yes, I earned my you know college degree and the army company loose to go to law school. And I went to Widener and so I'm now, I, I went on to be a prosecutor and I was a military and a federal prosecutor. Wow. And they asked me to join the faculty. So I'm in my first semester teaching uh, at West Point when 9-11 happened. And so I, uh, you know, we were 40 miles north of, of the World Trade Center. And uh, I had already been to airborne and air assault school and, and, and some other tough uh, schools and training. And I did go into my boss's office, uh, General Patrick Finnegan, uh, and and said, sir, it's an honor to teach here. I, I, I get I'm the youngest you know, member of faculty. And I, I know it's something that uh, you know, I've been blessed with, but our, our country was attacked and I had friends that were murdered that day on 9-11. Yeah. And I said, sir, I gotta get in a fight. You gotta, you gotta let me deploy. Uh, and so a few months later, I deployed under General Petraeus. Um, I was actually first sent to Bosnia. This is in 2002 and served on General Petraeus. And then our ground forces commander was a guy, Colonel Mark Milley. Colonel Milley was a Princeton undergrad. He played hockey, did ROTC as well, was a special forces officer. Uh, he's now, though, you fast forward almost 20 years later, he's now the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff for our country. Uh, and so he's been a friend for decades and was on that deployment, came back, and then was part of the invasion force in Iraq, um, Operation Iraqi Freedom. So wow. then it was reassigned to the 82nd Airborne Division uh, and deployed um, to, uh, to, and eventually made it to South Central Baghdad, which was a Sunni and Shia neighborhood, uh, yeah. pretty dangerous, pretty dangerous neighborhood and sector that we had. We were responsible for about 1.5 million Iraqis in that sector, that district of Baghdad. Um, and again, it was, uh, South Central Baghdad, which was Sunni and Shia. So, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, it was it was a uh, it was a it was a tough uh, experience. You saw the best and the worst of humanity. Mm. We will continue our interview in a moment, but first, looking to invest in yourself in 2021? Have you been dreaming about starting that side hustle or business where you call the shots? Central Penn College has a new program designed with the entrepreneur in mind. For those of you looking to start something new in 2021, check out our new professional certificate in small business and entrepreneurship. Learn the business essentials that will save you time and money and help you make more money in the long run as a business owner. This nine-month program is perfect for people who want to learn about business essentials fast so they can either start their own business or make their current business even more successful. To learn more about these and other exciting programs, visit www.centralpen.edu slash academics and look for the certificates category under programs. Well, first of all, let me thank you for your service because it's people like you that give us the freedoms that we have. You were in West Point at that time. I was in Poughkeepsie at that time because I actually worked in radio and I was on the air the morning that the World Trade Centers were attacked. And 
being just an hour north of New York City, there were so many people in our community that lost people or died. And I re- I just remember the number of firefighters and police officers that would call in and tell us what they were seeing, the number of military um, that had called us. And it was, I feel like in our area, it was, we were particularly hit and, and it took years for us to start feeling any sort of normalcy. Um, I watched an interview with you and you were talking about your book that you had written and how the military and serving really prepared you for all these other roles in your life and for your roles in Congress, which we'll get into. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about what serving in Iraq taught you? Well, it just re- it reinforced to me about servant leadership and you know, it really cemented what I believe in, in, in post-traumatic growth. I mean, mm-hmm. we talk about in the military the two signature injuries of the Iraq-Afghanistan wars of my brothers and sisters have been traumatic brain injury, TBI, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and one in five of them you know, suffer from both of those elements. And we got to be there for them. We have an ethic that we leave no one behind. But I'd also say on the other side of the coin is the post-traumatic growth. And you know, when you put the best of America, the top 1% that you know have given during a time of war, the longest wars in American history. And again, I say that because it's, when I say top 1%, I don't mean it like the top 1%, meaning by your uh, salary or what you own. Uh, The 1% that has answered the call during our nation, during her time of need, um, that have answered the call and um, that have deployed to places like Baghdad, Iraq, or or Bosnia, or like my brother to Africa and other places. So, you know, a lot of them come back and they do great things. And that has actually been the foundation of our country. These, these citizens, these soldier citizens that, that go and they serve and they come back home. Um, and uh, folks who like Sam Walton, who was an army officer uh, and came back and started a retail business. And it's now the largest retailer in the world. It's called Walmart. And it was started by an army officer or Bill Bowerman uh, who, served in World War II in, in Europe and with the 10th Mountain Division and earned a silver star. Him, he came back and he, him and another army officer named Phil Knight started a, a shoe company in the back of their car and it became Nike, the largest sports apparel company in the world. Uh, or even locally here in Pennsylvania where you have Ralph Roberts who uh, was a Navy vet during World War II and started the largest media company in the world which is now called Comcast. So so again, you know, it, it's these risk takers, these these men who served, these, these men and women who served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, but they came back and they they saw some horrible things a lot of times. Um, and um, they were able to harness uh, that traumatic event and grow from it and risk and become an entrepreneur and really believe in innovation. And the great thing about our country is someone who, you know, I've traveled the country on behalf of uh, our citizens, you know, and, you know, when you step away from America and look at it uh, from a different perspective, you realize that we are so blessed that we have, yes, the number one military in the world, but we have the number one economy in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, and it's not a God-given right. It's, we have to work at it every day. And, sure. and that's why, you know, being pro-business and doing things necessary to, to create jobs and, and good paying jobs and supporting the middle class, that's incredibly important. You know, those folks that I worked with in that Hershey factory, you know, that's incredibly um, inspiring to, to be able to have a job and, and to put a good work 
uh, eight hours a day and, and then be able to feed your family and, and give them a better life. And so those are the type of jobs that we need, but also again, having the number one military in the world and, and understanding that we do need the next generation of leaders. And whether you, you go come in our military, like 85% of the military is enlisted. You can join it 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Uh, you don't have to go to college, you know, you could, or you can go to college and become enlisted, or you can go throughout I did, which is become an officer. And it's going to take a little bit longer to become a lieutenant, but, but you can go and do that. But to me, uh, that I felt like that was my right path. And, and, and I was blessed to be able to go and do that. And I'm glad that you brought up the stress and the trauma that a lot of veterans go through. We have a fairly high veteran population here at the college and several of our students are still active. And sometimes they are deployed places and they stay students. And sometimes we put them on a leave and they come back. What advice do you have for our students that might be dealing with their own lingering feelings or emotions from their service, especially um, life in Iraq or Afghanistan, and then they're back here and they're trying to suddenly be a civilian? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say this, you have to live, uh, for them, their service for the country may have ended uh, or may right. be now in the reserve component right. uh, where it's one week in a month or two weeks in the summer. But the reality of it is they have to live a purpose-driven life. And mm. so, you know, that, that you know, going to Central Penn, that gives them an incredible opportunity to, to better themselves and sets them on a career path. Uh, but they, they have to, outside of their school, whether it's their, through their friends, their families, uh, they have to have a sense of community of giving back. Uh, and so it can't just be about the, the five subjects that they have and the tests coming up and the papers they have to do. It has to also be about what more are they doing to give back and that live that purpose-driven life. And so mental health is just as important as physical health. Absolutely. So, you know, I tell people, you know, I, I do things like I, you know, I do CrossFit and, and, you know, yeah, it's working out and you're doing squats you're doing all this weightlifting, et cetera. Uh, and you're pushing yourself physically but it's also a, a community and it gives me a sense of belonging to folks, many of most who never served in the military, but you know, it, it is a, for me, it's a sense of community, just like, yeah. you know, being a member of my church is a sense of community. So, right. you know, you have to find those different outlets uh, and to try and give back just a little bit. And you do see that. And that's the one thing. And I appreciate that central pen. You have such a great veterans initiative and I, and I appreciate it because you know, our veterans, uh, our brothers and sisters are not victims. We chose to serve. Uh, and yes, there's some of us that do fall through the cracks when we come home. Mm. You know, that 22 of them every day, unfortunately, take their own life. And the suicide epidemic is, is it's too high. We have to do more to wrap our arms around these our brothers and sisters. Also, on the other side of that coin, there's a lot of who do great things. In fact, veterans are more likely to be employed than not veterans. Yeah. They're more likely, likely to rise through the ranks in corporate America and be C-suite leaders than, than civilians. They're more likely to start a small business and for that small business to be successful. They're more likely to vote in elections, no matter if they're Democrat, Republican, independent. Uh, and that's a positive thing. Sure. And, and that's why some of my personal role models are people like Senator John McCain, who I got to know, or President mm -hmm. John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy and, and just so many others. And so I, I would say there's a lot of positive things about serving in the military or serving and police departments or fire departments right. yeah, we should all take pause and, and appreciate. And our veteran students have some of the highest graduation rates 
of any of our student populations. And I just want to remind anyone listening that we do have support services here on campus. We have counseling services. We have tutoring services. You know, come and see any one of us and we can point you in the right direction. All right. So I want to talk now about how you were elected to Congress. As the first veteran from Operation Iraqi Freedom to serve in the body, you were elected in 2006 for a district right outside Philadelphia. First of all, how hard was it to even run? And you were young. And then what drove you to do that? And then what was the reality versus what you thought it might be? Yeah, well, I was blessed in that. My, you know, my the first part of my life, I was raised in uh, Northeast Philadelphia and Bucks County. And the second part, uh, was in Palmyra, Pennsylvania, in Lebanon County. So, you know, my mom worked in, in the uh, state legislature as a secretary for a state senator. Uh, he's a Republican from Bucks County. Uh, so it's just, just north of Philadelphia where I was born and raised, but um, it's where I went to community college and, and played hockey and other things. So, you know, when I lost 19 men uh, in, in Baghdad, uh, and at that time it was an infantry unit and it was just all men. So mm. we lost men and women in Iraq, but my unit was... 19 men. And, um, you know, that was a time when the leaders in Washington were debating about whether or not we should be getting paid combat pay or hazardous duty pay. And, and I remember being like, are, are, are you kidding me? They're going to try and cut our pay. This is in 2003, 2004. You know, and, you know, we were getting, you know, mortared with indirect fire, probably five out of seven nights a week. We were, you know, I personally was shot at a bunch of times and it, they just didn't get it, you know, and the roadside bombs that killed the majority of our troops over there, including the 19 men I served with. And so I remember thinking Washington was just out, so out of touch and I was, yeah. I wanted to do something about it. So, you know, I've read books, you know, I taught at West Point and, and I deployed now twice to combat and, and I'd read books about campaigns. I, uh, one of my jobs when I was working at, when I was working my way through law school at Widener University, Commonwealth School Law in Harrisburg was, you know, I worked as a, as a legislative aide. Uh, to represent Tom Tangretti. And and so, you know, I worked there. I, I'd, I'd be in the Capitol till like one o'clock in the morning. So I'd stay there and work. And then they let me stay there and I could study there because the, our library was closed uh, at Widener after nine o'clock or 10 o'clock. So, you know, I, I'd be there working on all hours of the night and, and uh, I get back in my little pickup truck and drive back to my little apartment. And, um, you know, to me, to me, it, it's just those central Pennsylvania values that, that, that opened up so many doors to me. I appreciate, uh, but I would say to you, you know, that um, every day I work, every day I wake up, and, I, and I'm, I, one, I feel blessed to be alive. Uh, mm-hmm. But two, I also have this drive to make sure that I'm making this world a better place, and and to align myself with folks who are doing great things. Frankly, like you, like I mean, I've, I've read, you know, what you've done, and I've heard and seen with my own eyes what you've done in Central Pen- Pennsylvania, and it just. At Central Penn, it's 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 remarkable, and you know I want your students to know and, and your staff and faculty know that you know I'm here as an ally, uh, and they can reach me whether it's through social media at Patrick Murphy PA uh, or email whatever, and you know let let me know how I can be helpful because because I'm an ally in this fight to make this country a more perfect union. All right, I want to thank Patrick J. Murphy for joining us today. We will speak with him again in our next podcast. We'll get more into what it's like to be an entrepreneur and a father to two busy children. I look forward to seeing you next time on The Bridge.
Today's episode of The Bridge is brought to you by Central Penn College. Central Penn College offers career-focused programs that enable our students to transform their lives by landing jobs in their chosen profession. To learn more about investing in your career with Central Penn, visit us at www.centralpenn.edu. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bridge, hosted by Central Penn College President Linda Fadrizi-Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a great rating on your favorite podcast service. The Bridge is available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes of The Bridge, stories of resilience, courage, and innovation with Dr. Linda Fadrizi-Williams. We'll see you next time.